The area of greatest struggle in your life should be the area of, of or a focus of your prayer life, and it should be a focus of your scriptural studies. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And today we have an interview we recorded with Matt Klein. Matt is the founder and director of Restored Ministries, which is focused on leading men and women out of sexual brokenness and into a life of freedom and impact. Matt is internationally known as a leading speaker and coach on biblical sexuality, and he has seen countless lives radically changed around the world. We've included some links in the sh- our show write-up with uh, some links for Restored Ministries. Mm-hmm. Now, before heading over to the conversation, we want to alert you that today we will be covering a sensitive topic. Though everything that's said is tasteful, practical, and helpful, mm-hmm. there might be things shared that not all parents have talked to their children about and so we just wanted to give a little heads up about this one just a little heads up yeah with all that said let's head on over to our conversation with matt klein well welcome matt we are excited to have you on marriage talk and before we jump into the things we're going to talk about today why don't you give us a little bit about yourself how long you've been married i know there's some kids there in your family yeah, unpack that a little bit so our listeners get to know who Matt Klein is away from Restored Ministries a little bit. Sure, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. Uh, I like like talking marriage, so it's good to be on Marriage Talk. Uh, <laughs> I got, uh, yeah, I've got two, we've got two boys. Um, they're two and four, and and my wife and I, we've been married for almost eight years, I guess now. Just uh, lots of, lots of <laughs> ups and downs, like everybody says, but we were looking at it We've been away a little bit lately, just time to connect and chat, which has been good. But we're like, man, we got we got memories that seem like they're in the distant past now. Maybe you guys aren't thinking <laughs> that eight years, you guys are babies, but but we are getting there and, and just figuring things out and getting in a gr- good groove for our family. And um, it's it's just uh, a lot of fun to see the boys grow. And I, I love the ages that we're, that they're at right now. That's awesome. How old are they? They're two and four. Oh, that's fun. And, yeah, and the two year old, he's he's. He's not talking yet a lot, which is fine. I didn't talk till I was three, but <laughs> but he's getting there, and so it's fun seeing them interact more. And they just they laugh hysterically together. They they obviously they fight too, but they they're really really good friends, which is pretty cool. That is awesome. We ask all of our guests this question because we think it's a, a fun question to start out. But if you could go back eight years to a young Matt Klein, just starting out on his marriage journey. What would you say to to Matt? Oh, I'd say just learn a lot let the first six months, then you got it figured out. Then it's just smooth sailing. That's <laughs> 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 all it takes. No, I remember actually. It's funny we talk about eight years. I remember um, Louise's. My wife was Louise. Louise's friends. Um, the girl was in our wedding party, and and they were married eight years at the time that we got married. And I was bugging them that they'd been married forever. And, <laughs> It just seemed like so long. So now we're there. It's just, it's funny. But I think I would have, I think I would, would say, you know, I've realized that I'm more selfish than I thought I was. And I don't think that Louise would agree with what I'm going to say, but I think that she's less selfish than I am in a lot of ways, probably not all. But, and so with that, I've just learned a lot that, hey, I need to put my wife first practically in a lot of ways. I really need to learn how she how she feels loved by me and then 
and then make a plan for that. You know, a failure to plan is a plan to fail, basically. And and I've learned that that I don't I don't always proactively seek out how to love her in a way that that isn't that isn't necessarily natural to me and so yeah I think that that's that's a big that's one of the biggest things that come to mind is that I would have I would have liked that to know to know that rather than have to figure it out on the go after a few years but that's fine you 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 learn and you grow and and it is what it is so (laughs) what did that look like so practically speaking you talked about learning how to put her needs first or even just being self less or selfish being less selfish i <laughs> believe is what you were saying but you know in practical terms could you bring us into what that actually looked like for you to learn that but then also how you practically put that into action in your own life yeah for sure i mean one of the things that is ongoing is the way that we communicate right and i i just am more logical she's more more emotional and wants to be heard I want to figure it out and it's 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 so typical in marriage that guys want to solve it women want to be heard and and it just it doesn't make sense to me (laughs) and so I have to continually remind myself and I I screw up all the time with it but but we're getting we're getting better at communicating like hey remember this is what I want to remember hey this is how I need to be heard right now and and so that's really cool is that we can actually talk about our mistakes rather than just have things escalate and that so that's a practical thing that I think that both of us have grown in 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 understanding the other person. And then I think from like say a love language uh, perspective, even like we we're talking about before recording, like getting away together, um, spending spending not just time together but quality time together, and talking about good things, not just the kids, and um, reminiscing, speaking about dreams. I think is really important. And right now she's a she's a mom. Uh, uh, stay-at-home mom which is amazing but also and she is amazing like, she's a great mom but also she needs things outside of that and so for me to to kind of be proactive and making space for that for her is really important and I think that's a that's a newer journey that we're on just because we've gone through different life stages and so right now that's important and still figuring that out but but I got a I've got a chalkboard in my office that I use and and that's part of it. It's not just work stuff. It's family stuff. And what do I want to do for Louise and the kids? And so I think practically looking at how does she feel loved and, and what fills her up and then me making space for that is important. Thanks for sharing that. Super practical and just things that we can, just the little nuggets that we can take and start implementing in our own relationships. Mm-hmm. But that being intentional. And I really liked what you said. Failure to plan is a plan to fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. important. Yeah. So as we said in the intro, you are the founder of Restored Ministries. Uh, can you tell us some more about that? What What is that organization all about? Yeah, Restored Ministries, we're, we're looking to restore the church back to sexual health, restore individuals and marriages back to sexual health. And and we're doing it. It's an uphill uphill grind. Obviously, there's it's such an epidemic um, in our world with pornography and just all the different sexual vices that people go to. Um, my my story was just I watched pornography mostly on, but a bit on and off for 15 years, and and I never I never indulged in different things with people. It never really progressed into into you know borderline illegal things or illegal things that that a lot of people get involved with. And so starting the ministry, 
I, I was kind of naive, to be honest, in terms of what I was going to be be hearing from different people and what I'd worked through with people. And and it wasn't my idea. God called me to it and and gave me a passion for it, which is really cool. But with that, we, we do deal with pornography all the time, but also infidelity and sexual abuse, trauma, um, lots of lots of broken marriages. Obviously, this stuff does a number on marriages. And so one of my favorite things, well, I, I always tell our leaders, my, my two favorite things in our ministry are when people get saved and when marriages work out, like they don't end up in divorce. And, uh, and it's neat because we're a porn freedom ministry, I guess, but seeing people free of porn is not even the best. The best is like seeing the, the fruit of it where, where people get saved, people get reconciled with their spouses or with their kids. There's that too, or the kids don't like their dad or, or their mom, right? If the mom's had an affair or whatever. And so seeing families come together is just so cool. And so that's what we do at Restored is any any form of sexual brokenness we want to work with people on on seeing healing we want them to experience the love of the father to know who they are in christ their god-given identity and from there they can live a life of impact and freedom forever so that's kind of what we're about oh that's awesome we are huge fans of seeing marriages restored as well and we know that your ministry has been making some great strides towards that as family life and restored ministries has, has been working together over the years. And so, so it says so great to hear your heart is not only just to see people set free from, you know, this addiction in their life, but it's also the benefits that come. And as you said, the fruit that comes from beginning to get pornography out of your life now that's going to be the main focus of our podcast here today is to talk with you about pornography and the effects that that can have. But before we get into the effects, could you help us understand and help our listeners to understand why this topic is so important for us to talk about? Yeah, you know, sex is sex is powerful, right? Like sex is it, it's the thing that that consummates a marriage. And when I say marriage, what I could say is a, is a covenant that most closely resembles the covenant we have with God. And um, it, it's a glue in a marriage. It's so important for couples to to have a sex uh, a sex life that's healthy, um, or at least be working towards that. And so, with that, like one thing that I always say, and I didn't make it up; I heard it from someone, but but thieves don't counterfeit small bills with the low value they counterfeit the things with high value and that's why the world has so much counterfeit sex because sex is so powerful and so when we when we take sex it's supposed to be this glue in a marriage or um this this selfless act where husbands serve your wives wives serve your serve your husbands it's not serve yourselves that's the opposite of god's design um and then the world has taken it and perverted it to be this selfless or selfish thing and, and, you know, get it whenever you want with pornography, whatever you want, whoever you want to look at, whenever you want it, just go get it. And it, it, and it's so damaging because it's not just the pornography itself, or it's not just the adultery itself. It's like, what does that do to your belief system? What does that do to your spouse and the way that they believe or think about themselves? There are so many side effects, negative side effects to sexual immorality and sexual sin and so it's so important to get it out. And, and and one thing that I've seen so often is that you can get you can get porn out of your marriage, and you can actually do it fairly quickly. But the fallout of that might take years. It'll probably take years to come back together to a place where there's there's 
full trust established or there's healthy communication um, and those things that that you need. So um, it's a really cool process that people go through in in reconciling after sexual sin because it's kind of like a if a husband say say this is the case a husband confesses sexual sin to his wife then it's not just a him issue it's a we issue it's both of you two become one it's it's a marriage issue but the wife can't look at it and go hey this is just i need to help him with this a wife's insecurities are now all at the surface and she needs to deal with that too and so what can happen is even marriages that appear to be good, when this gets highlighted or exposed in a marriage, and then they work on it and they heal together, their marriage is stronger than ever before, because now they've dealt with heart issues or childhood beliefs or different things that have affected both of them that are now at the forefront because of this, this exposure. So it's a really, really, really powerful thing for marriages to address for sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You, you mentioned about... Um the counterfeits that pornography, these sexual sins, those kinds of things that it's a counterfeit. What do you think in in your years of experience is kind of the, the overarching lie that is being sold to us so that we're tempted or drawn to this counterfeit? Well, I think an overarching lie is that you're not okay. Right. And that you're, that we have lack in our life. If you think about it in this way, God says that says that we're fully loved, we're fully accepted, we're we're significant in his eyes, we have value that's immense. Like we have more value in his eyes than we can even comprehend. And so what the the messages that we get are no, you're not good enough. You you're you're inadequate. You need this, you need sexual um outlets in this world. And so I think about it like people are wanting to get rid of sexual sin, they want to get rid, they want to get back to zero. Because they feel like they're in the red. They feel like they're they're minus, they're lacking in their life. They want to get back to zero. But what God says is, He says, No, you're actually you're 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 not only at zero, but you're above that. You're in the black. Like I've given you value, I've given you significance, I've given you purpose and all and connection and, and all of these things. And so a lie is that you're not enough. You don't have enough in you, and you need these outlets to feel good. And this is what happens when there's trauma or, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse. There's neglect when we go um, through our childhood years and and different things that that lead to us believing wrong things about ourselves. And these lies get established in us that I I don't I, I don't uh, connect well with people or, you know, I'm just rejected. I have rejection issues and all of these things that that we tell ourselves we're in lack and we don't know how to live this prosperous life. And so. We have to escape into something that feels good. And a lot of times sexual sin is that thing. And unfortunately, people that do this for years and years and years, there's a lack of emotional maturity and a lack of spiritual maturity. And people that are 50, 60, 70 years old, it doesn't matter if they've constantly escaped emotion to numb themselves out in sexual sin or whatever it is. They've never faced the hardship in their life, which is the very place where God can grow us emotionally and spiritually and relationally and all these things and so that's what that's i think an overarching lie is that people feel more empty than than we actually are when we're in relationship with god does that make sense mm-hmm. that's so good thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. totally makes sense as you unpack that you have such great wisdom matt in this area we can see why god has called you into restored ministries to be the co-founder and to really help the church approach this topic in a biblical way but 
just thank you so much for for your wisdom and, and it's and it's definitely coming through here today as well. I, I want to talk about a little bit about the effects of pornography. And this is kind of a, a twofold question. And so I'm gonna do what you know as an interviewer you're not supposed to do, but I want to set it up so that way we it's a two-part question. And the first would be what are some of the effects that having pornography in the marriage or having pornography in your life, what are some of the effects that that can bring? But then the flip side of that, so you can already be thinking of both sides, would be what are the benefits of not having it in our life? So let's start first with the effects. What what effect does pornography have if that's active in our life or in our marriage? Yeah, that's a good question. I was actually just doing a testimony video with a couple that we've worked with right before coming on here. And and the, the husband, <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. The husband said, oh, we had a decent marriage, but I just always felt this burden inside me. And so I was talking to them separately, recording testimony videos. And so when it was the wife's turn, she was like, we had a terrible marriage. <laughs> like, oh, he thought it was decent, but she said it was terrible. It was so funny. But that is part of it, right? That when there's when there's porn, what it does is it leads to isolation and secrecy and you don't communicate about things. And so he might think it's decent and she's going, no, it's terrible. But they don't talk about things because they don't go deep. Many, many guys have told me that they're, they shy away from, from deeper communication for fear of being found out. Because they think if, if, I, if I'm going to open up to, say, my parents or my wife or my kids or anybody, then it, it's going to come out. And so it, it's so harmful, like this couple I was just talking to this morning, but they're just one example. It's so harmful because when, uh, say, the husband is watching pornography in secret, he's not going to open up. He's not going to be vulnerable. She doesn't feel safe with him because she's he's not thinking about how to love her. And so there's so much emotional disconnect in a marriage. And then on the uh, even further to, from that, like, there's 300% like more likelihood of committing uh, of cheating in marriage when porn is there. That's some stats um, or some research shows that um, there's more depression. There's there's less productivity. There's less motivation. Um, more anxiety. There's there's all these different things. Um, less connection with the Lord, which is a foundation for a good marriage and. So there's there's a lot of different negative impacts on a marriage when pornography is involved, when sexual sin is there. And, you know, it could be in secret or it could be out in the open. Maybe couples watch it together. Maybe both are struggling together. And I had a, a guy a few months ago, he came, he's like, man, I just watched porn all the time with my wife. And and we thought that it was good, but we ended up divorced. And uh, and another guy, he had, he had an open marriage and he'd bring other people in and, and they would, you know, other couples or other singles. And and the marriage bed wasn't sacred. And so that marriage ended up in divorce. And, and so the sexual sin could be in secret or it could be out in the open in the marriage. And, and some people will say like, no, as long as my, my wife knows what I'm doing, it's okay. Like for example, with masturbation, a guy a few months ago, like, no, my, my wife and I have agreed that, that with this frequency, it's okay. And, and we just talked through it. His, the blinders came off that guy. He was like, oh my gosh, like this is actually such a lie. And, but that is a lie that a lot of people believe is that if we're on the same page with it, well, that that's probably okay. Like if you're both on the same page with cheating the government on your taxes, or you're both on the same page with doing drugs every day, like it's not good for you. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's so, true. 
So you need to get this stuff out of your marriage. Because on the on the flip side, the part two, which I, I'm grateful that you made it very clear because I always forget a part two if there's a two-part <laughs> question. So <laughs> but on the flip side, when there's when when you're working through healing um after the sexual sin has been exposed, or when you're like, oh my gosh, we got to get this out, the all of the insecurities on both sides, the husband and the wife, all of those get talked through, or at least they can get talked through. They all come to the surface. A wife says, well, I don't think you've ever loved me. I don't think you've ever thought that I was beautiful. You must not be attracted to me if you're doing this stuff. And and it's like, well, did you ever think that before? Like, have you always had self-image issues or, or, or body image issues? And maybe he has body image issues. Maybe that's why he goes to that, to comfort his body. And those issues can come up. And so moving forward a marriage is so much stronger and better because it's not that you're fully just good it's that you can talk through your brokenness you can talk through your weaknesses and um i remember i was asking a lady she had a really public affair where her her not her but her husband her husband was a pastor and he cheated and it was kind of like there were secrets and rumors about it in the community for years and then it came out that it was all true and and they lost their ministry. So really, really public thing. And then they've worked through it and they stayed married. And it's been about 10 years. And I said to her, are you fully healed? Because she's now leading a ministry, a big ministry, and she's she's helping women. And, and she said, you know, I would say 90%. And she's like, for example, if we go to a beach, I'll get triggered a lot. Seeing these women in bikinis, thinking my husband's looking. But she said, but I can go to my husband and I can say, hey, honey, I'm feeling triggered right now. And we can talk through it. And he understands how to make me feel safe in that state. And so it can be a thing that brings us together and forms connection rather than disconnect. And so it's a really cool thing. The positive side of this is that you can build trust, but you can also communicate in your weakness and feel safety with each other in that way. Thank you so much for sharing. And as you're sharing, I was just even thinking of our own our own marriage and our own walk through this. And, and I've shared on the podcast before how pornography was something in my past and how much it has affected us. And those things that you just talked about, about the insecurities and the lack of trust, but how to build it back and the effects of having it in, but then the benefits of not having it in our life. Mm-hmm. Like we've experienced both of those things, both the negative effect, but also the wholeness and the healing and working through those types of conversations together. And so what you're sharing is not just research or conversations that you've had in your ministry. I just want to echo that that's exactly what we've experienced as well in our life. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And and it's, it's literally, it's everyone it's consistent. Like, and I always encourage people with that at the start, like it'll get better, but it's brutal for a time. Like it's brutal. And it was brutal for you guys, I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you do need to get through that. And and a husband is going to be peppered with the same question 117 times from his wife, and it's going to drive him crazy. But he's not to feel sorry for himself. He brought it into his marriage and and you know, but also he can't live with guilt. He's got to live with the grace of God and understand he's forgiven. But but it's it's hard for it's hard for wife. I, actually, it's often harder for her and, and it's a longer process for the wife to get back to a place of of healing or, or trust than it is the husband. Because the husband is like, man, I've been living with this 
this and obviously we know a wife can watch porn and all that but more typically it's the husband and so a husband can can be living with this secret for so long they confess and so many guys i've heard this is the worst time of my life because of my marriage but it's the best time of my life because i feel free in my soul i don't have these secrets Mm -hmm. and so they're feeling good in that sense and they're moving forward they're getting healthy meanwhile a wife thought everything was fine and then all of a sudden there's this explosion of betrayal and insecurity and all that and so it takes a longer time often for a wife to to get to a place of healthy recovery and stuff in a marriage and and uh yeah it, there's things that are consistent in every marriage and you kind of touched on that that it does get better but you experience these things too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In your experience, so I would say generally in the in the Christian world, it's been known and taught and believed that pornography, sexual immorality, it's wrong, it's dangerous, it's not good for us, but we still struggle with it. In in the in the non-Christian world, I would say there's more and more research and more and more people saying, you know what, this is a problem. Um, and, and morality aside, it, it's affecting me negatively, uh, whether it's pornography or sexual sin or whatever it is. And so it it feels like both of those things are starting to not everywhere, but it it seems to be a consensus that this is not good for us. And so either way, whether it's for morality reasons or because we believe that it doesn't line up with God's design and what he's given us um, as far as information and what his design and plan is, or whether it's for other reasons, everyone seems to struggle, right? We can get that head knowledge, but actually applying that and, and getting freedom, it's a struggle. I think no matter where we're coming from. Is there something that you found or that you've seen that helps people move from that kind of head knowledge to action to to freedom? Yeah, it's a really good question, Val, because it, for a long time, and even now, I guess, when there's misunderstanding around it, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? I know it's wrong, but I keep doing it. And there's so much guilt or what's wrong with my spouse? They like they know it's wrong, but they they do it. Like, are they even a Christian? Do they even love God or know the Bible? I was like, yeah, they do. But it's it's not just a moral issue. It's it, there's a brain that's been wired in a way for years. Whenever like I was eleven when I first saw it, our brains aren't fully developed till around twenty five. So there's fourteen years of my brain development being being affected by pornography um, and masturbation and fantasy and all of these things. So there's a brain development part of it, and there, but the brain can be rewired, which is exciting, but it's it's a process. And so there is that part of it, and then there's the emotional part of it. Like I was saying earlier, there's there's literally a like a stunting of our development emotionally, where we should be able to handle things we think, but we can't. And people people will like trauma trauma research shows that at the moment of trauma you stay there emotionally. And so if someone gets abused when they're four years old, you might stay there as a four-year-old, even when you're 20, 25, 30, 40, whatever, um, emotionally. And so it's interesting. Like (laughs) there's people that we work with that they'll say things that are so emotionally immature. And then I look at my toddlers and I'm like, they say the same things in the same situations. And it's really sad. But if you think about our development sexually, God has this ideal design for us. Like you're going to, you're going to learn how to control your body in a way that's holy and honors God in first Thessalonians four, and you're going to save sex for marriage. And you're not going to lust after anybody other than 
your wife like or your spouse in Matthew 5 and you're going to be able to keep a covenant and, and wait like song of songs like wait until the time to express your love and that's God's ideal design but then we're eight years old and we get abused or we're 11 and we get shown porn or we're whatever age and we find out what masturbation is and and that gets us off of this alignment that God has for us and so our brain development literally is stunted in terms of, or I could say our sexual development is stunted or it gets off track. And so it takes a lot of understanding and learning on how to grow um, in a healthy way when we've, when we've, especially in our formative years, been, been so damaged by this stuff. And so people, I've talked to people in their 40s, 50s, 60s about God's design for sex, what the Bible says about sex. They're like, Matt, I've never heard this stuff before. I've never known this. I just thought I'm a man. Of course, I'm going to struggle with this. That's what men do. And and so when we can really come back to the basics and go, this is how to grow in emotional health. This is how to grow in your sexual understanding of, of like your sex drive. This is what God says about you. All of those things are so foundational in healing. And so that's why it's more than just a moral issue. Like, I know it's bad. Therefore, I should stop. Like, yeah, but emotionally, you've been stunted. Sexually, you've been stunted. Like, yeah, mentally, like your brain, that's a factor. And so there's a lot more to it. Thankfully, God can restore it all. And he does it all the time. It also doesn't have to take forever. It might sound daunting if you're listening. But I always say this to guys, um, that in the in the Old Testament, God's people were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. And they were grumbling and complaining. He's like, man, the promised land is right there. But they were stuck for 40 years. And it's funny in Matthew 6, Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, he says, lead us not into temptation. But in in earlier, when Jesus gets baptized, it says the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how do you reconcile this? (laughs) And so the key is understanding what the wilderness is. The wilderness was a place where God's people were stuck for 40 years. It was a long time. Jesus wants to redeem every single detail of our lives. The things that got us down, he wants to redeem that. And so he went, he was led by the spirit to the wilderness to be tempted because that's the very place that God's people were stuck, but it didn't take him 40 years to redeem it. He was there for 40 days. He went in in the fullness of the spirit. He came out in the power of the spirit. When he redeems these things that have been broken in our lives, it doesn't have to take 40 years if you've been stuck for 40 years or addicted for 40 years or hurt for 40 years it can be a quicker process and not overnight but it's going to be it's going to be a a profound time of healing um in whatever 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 time frame it makes or it takes it's going to be profound and it's going to do wonders in your life Mm, thank you for i love that how you talked about jesus wants to redeem and and he does and and just thank you for how you're even bringing scripture alive in your answers and because there's the answers right like we can turn to scripture and we can turn to god he he is big enough for these answers he's big enough for our questions because he has the answer and we can dig through his word so thanks for unpacking that i was just wondering one of the things that you know, I love doing or, or we love doing even in our ministry and, and as we talk with couples and even in my own life, it, I've been starting to use this language of like putting handles on things, you know, like really tangible, practical, like taking it from theory and saying like, okay, that's some handles that I can hold on to. And I'm I'm thinking of our listeners out there that maybe maybe they're struggling in this area. 
maybe they've sought recovery or, or tried to find healing, but then slipped again. And so kind of threw their hands up and just said, this is, you know, the, I've heard this one too, right? Like this is my, my cross to bear or my burden to bear. And so I'll just grin and bear it, but it is what I have. To, like there, there's those, I think that's another lie that people will, will bring into their life. But I was wondering, could you put some handles to this for us? If someone was struggling or is struggling in this area of their life, what are some clear steps or that first step, maybe the first three steps that they could do, put some handles on how to find freedom in this area? Yeah, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you, I know how to put handles on. When I was married, I had no love handles, but I put a couple <laughs> on for her. So <laughs> somebody said, Matt, that's false advertising when you, when you gain weight after marriage, but I'm working on it. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a good question. And and how can you guarantee that that you'll never watch porn again? I mean, Braden, who's who you work with with Family Life, um, he's the one I do our our Pure Victory podcast with, and and he'll say he's like, "Don't ever tell your spouse I'll never do this again," and that kind of sounds foolish, but when you think about it, you can't actually make that promise. What what you can say is, "I'm going to do my best to guard my heart and guard myself and put boundaries up every day," and you're welcome to help me on that, and I want to help you. And so we don't know what the future is going to hold, but we do know that every single day we're called to to put boundaries up and we're called to guard our hearts. And so, in, you know, or die to ourselves and learn what that is. And so if you need to learn that, like learn that every day, the area of greatest struggle in your life should be the area of, of or a focus of your prayer life. And it should be a focus of your scriptural studies. So many of us, we have these struggles and then we just pray for God to bless our day and keep us healthy and bless our family. And like, yeah, but what about your your struggle? Like, what about your insecurities? Do you know what God says about that? Or do you know, like the things, the heart beliefs that lead you to your sin, do you know what God says about those beliefs? Do you know why those became strongholds in your life? Forgiveness is a big thing. Like if people have impacted you negatively, have you forgiven those people? Um, a lot of us, and I've done this lots, I want to say when someone says a mean thing to me, I'm like, nah, that didn't affect me. And it might be years where I'm like, nah, that didn't affect me. And one day God's like, no, that affected you. That's why you think about it all the time. And I'm like, oh. And so the cool thing is that if it didn't, if something didn't affect me, then I don't need to forgive that person. But once I realize that something did affect me, then I can forgive that person. And forgiveness is a huge thing. And so we need to be real with the things that hurt us, with the hurts from our past or the disappointments that we've been through, rather than just saying this was this was a, this is an example for me. I would say, you know, I, I yeah, I played hockey, I got hurt. Um, everybody would say, "Oh, Matt, you played high level hockey, you got hurt. That must suck." And I'm like, "No, it's okay. I got Jesus. I found Jesus after that. It's all good." Just like toxically positive, right? And one day the Lord was like, no, you need to feel the disappointment of your 18-year-old self. And once I went back there and it was a day where I was like crying and stuff, like 15 years later after I got hurt, going back there and the tears were flowing. I'm like, this is crazy. But it was so freeing for me. And like physically, my body felt different because we have these, these trapped emotions, I call them, from these traumas or these hurts or things that have spoke, been spoken to us that we've kind of neglected or haven't, or we've suppressed, we haven't dealt with them. 
And so that's what I would say to do long term rather than saying, oh, I'm just never going to watch porn again. It's like I'm going to go every day and and in prayer and go, what am I struggling with today? What what do you say about me, God? This struggle that I have, what do you say about it? Um, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, I love it. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me. Lead me in the way that's everlasting. Test me, it says. And and I love that just because we're being real. And I think that those are the steps and the important things to do in our journey of overcoming sexual sin and the hurt, but also just anybody every day, just to be open with where we're at. So maybe that's a long-winded answer. I don't know if that's exactly answering how you thought, but but I think that those are the things that are really important to put handles on things to, to, to sustain the freedom that we have. Um, people are always scared. Like I've been doing this for 20, 30 years. How can I know I'm going to be free forever? And I just say, you don't know that. What you can know is you can pursue heart health. You can pursue a rewiring and a renewing of your mind. And that stuff does lead to lasting, lasting freedom. So does that answer your question? No, so good. good. And no, totally. I have some handles put on. Uh, as well over I mean, marriage you're, but you're saying no totally you mean yes totally oh yeah yes <laughs> no, totally yeah, yeah, yeah no totally. i guess so yeah. yeah you're so smart too valerie yes totally that that uh provides an answer and i love that of, uh, of of doing some internal work right like that's what you're saying here like getting into our own heart and getting into our own feelings revealing that to god god already knows it and he's just waiting for us to bring it to him and ask for his his help in those areas so uh, i love the waking up every day and god where am i struggling and then why am i struggling in this area and we've shared this multiple times on the podcast, but really about getting down to the roots of our issues, getting down to the root causes of these things. And that's what you're talking about right here. How can we get down to the root cause of what's going on? Let's identify it and let's go to the Lord with it. So thank you uh, so much for that. That was definitely putting handles on a process that can help out with that. Hey, Matt, we always want to say thank you. Oh, I just want to, I just want to say, sorry, just to, to put more context to that, I guess, in a marriage, like somebody, you, you, a husband can say to his wife, I'm not going to watch porn. Or she can say, are you watching porn today? No, I'm not. Okay. That's good. But if you understand that a lack of connection or a feeling of isolation leads you to porn, then in your marriage, you can say, Hey, honey, I'm not feeling very connected today. Or I feel alone today. Or you could say, Hey, hon, how are you doing today? Do you feel like we're connected? And you can go there rather than, are you not doing the behavior? It's like, how is your heart doing? And you go down to the heart level. That just makes you feel so much more connected and heard and understood in a marriage both ways, right? Rather than just, hey, let's not do this behavior. And that's God. God is all about the heart. He's all about transforming the heart and healing the heart, understanding the heart. And he wants us to quit behaviors, yes, but he's all about transformation in the heart. And we can bring that into a marriage. So That's so good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, hey, again, thank you so much for joining us, Matt. This has been a a pleasure. And then once again, time has flown by. Like uh, every time when we start interviewing with people, I don't know if you find this on uh, Pure Victory Podcast, but it's just like, where did the time go? How in the world are we already running out of time? But once again, real briefly, could you tell our listeners where they could find Restored Ministries, what's going on, those types of things? Sure. Yeah. Restoredministries.ca is the website. So all the information's there. And on 
Instagram, it's that restored sexuality. Uh, we also have an online community, a free community for guys over 18, and it's it's uh, purefc.ca. It's Pure Freedom Community, um, but you can find that on the main website too. So if you're a man over 18, I just encourage you to join it. It's not just for guys struggling with porn. It's any man who wants a higher uh, level of sexual integrity in his life. Um, and and lots of guys in there, they want to help people too. So, um, so yeah, those are some, some ways to get involved. And, and also, I just... I'm so thankful for what you guys do and for our partnership. And I know that there's people who have um, gotten involved with us and, and really grown a lot because of your personal recommendation and also family life on the whole. And um, there's even one guy right now, he's like, you know what, my wife and I have been talking like, we're really good. Uh, We're in a good spot. And uh, they came from a family life event. And uh, so, yeah, we're grateful for your partnership and love what you guys do. Oh, that's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And uh, your podcast, what's Pure that Vi- one called? Pure Victory Podcast. Thanks for reminding me about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're fans of that podcast. I, I listen to it and, and I enjoy, enjoy what you guys are doing and the, and the words that you guys are, are spreading there. Uh, we're going to include all those links in our show notes so people don't have to be frantically writing them down or going back and listening to what he just shared. They will be in our in our show notes and you'll be able to find them with that right there. But as always, we always have a few processing questions for our listeners as we begin to wrap up our show today. What lies am I carrying and allowing to influence me? What am I doing to be real with the things that hurt me or disappoint me in my life? And thirdly, what does prayer look like in the stronghold areas of your life? We want to say thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. Bye.